Hello, and welcome to Everything Remade, a podcast that I hope is about growth as much as it is about music. I'm Sean Decker, and I'd like you to hear something. You're hearing Masochism off the album Coping Mechanisms by my pal, Kai Vos. Make sure you check out the video and album after the podcast. Um, I was born in Long Beach, California. Um, family, uh, I grew up in a huge family. Um, I have seven siblings, I think. <laughs> um and uh we lived in a travel trailer for a while um ended up in texas and um from there i moved to austin and started doing music you said you lived your family lived in a travel trailer like were was it a musical family were you like what was the reason for like if that's not um (laughs) that's just really fascinating sorry no no that's cool it's it's a weird story um so uh basically they just decided that they didn't they had how many kids at that point six kids at that point and uh they just didn't want to live in a big city anymore so they just spur of the moment kind of packed everything up and sold their house and bought a trailer and started driving um they didn't really have a destination in mind or a place they wanted to end up uh they yeah they were just looking for a better place to raise a family and so they kind of took us all along for the ride and yeah we ended up in texas (laughs) okay and did you spend like the majority of your childhood in texas then yeah we we moved there when i was i was eight i think okay um yeah you said when you moved to Austin, that's when you got involved in music. But were you learning musical instruments any or anything like at home or at school before that? Totally, yeah. I mean, I started playing violin when I was really little. Um, kind of, I, I played when I was like five, but I started like getting intense about it when I was like eight. And I know that sounds silly, but um, I was homeschooled. So when I say getting intense about about it um i mean like i was spending all day every day playing violin from the age of eight up so yeah yeah, i've been playing my whole life my family is not necessarily musical um but but i was (laughs) so how did you become interested in violin like um just uh, off the bat like uh, since you said you were homeschooled it's, it's um it's not like the what how children usually experience that where you go to the school and the music teacher just sort of says, well, you got these five to ten things that you can pick to do. Like, how did you, like, decide that's what you want to do and how did that become, like, available to you? Uh, well, actually, my, my oldest sister, she, she played violin first. Um, okay. All of my siblings kind of dabbled at one point or another in music. Um, but I guess it just, it just like, I like hyper fixated on it. But she, she played violin. She took lessons from a family friend. And I have really early memories of like, like hiding out outside the door while she had her violin lesson. And uh, then she would um, 
like they would leave and all that. And I would like sneak into the room and like pull the bow over the strings and thought that I was just like the best. And (laughs) (laughs) um, yeah, so it just, I was just really frustrated with it and it never, never really ended. (laughs) Yeah, That's awesome. That's a really, like, that's a really good story. Um, So you said you, you became very fixated on and like you spent a lot of time doing that but were you also were you receiving instruction I assume yeah I started taking lessons once we got to Texas um I saved up for my first violin I don't know how or what I was doing but I read that in an old diary of mine recently it was like (laughs) I'm still thinking about violins and then there was like dollar signs and I was like mom and dad said it was too expensive but I saved up and I bought so (laughs) I know that um yeah so I bought a violin somehow and uh it was like forty dollars on ebay probably and um I had my first violin lesson on I think it was like yeah it would have been like my eighth birthday um and yeah, it was, I, I was just so thrilled and, um, yeah, I had, I had the same violin teacher until I was, I think 14, I started seeing a professor at the university of Texas in Austin, which was about an hour and a half away from where my family lived and where I lived. But, um, I commuted out there and, uh, that's when shit got it started getting like really intense in terms of violin. Uh, but it was great. I loved it. Were you considered like an advanced learner for your age or? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I, uh, definitely had more time on my hands than any, than most of the kids that, that I knew who played violin. But even then, like I didn't go to school, so I didn't really know any like casual violin kids, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like I, um, but occasionally out in public, like, like, uh, I, I don't know, conversations would happen and parents would be like, Oh, my kid plays violin. Um, and it, it I was so pretentious as it, like, I was so pretentious, even at like 10 years old, like, do you play violin? Like I play violin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it, it just it really wasn't life. but there were plenty of other kids. It was whose life was also violin. And I just like was oblivious to that, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. I, I was only asking that because you, you know, the way you say like you ended up traveling further and you mentioned it was like a professor. And so I was like, wait, oh. wait, what's happening here? Is this like goodwill hunting, but violin or, um, you know, am I just well, uh, jumping to conclusions? No, not, you're not. I mean, that was my, my goal was to pursue violin as a career. And I, I, um, yeah, that was, that, that's what my whole life was. I went to this summer school in Nashville and, um, that was specifically for composition and violin for me. Um, I got scholarships every year and it was really hard to get out there with money and everything. But uh, I'm really fucking grateful for that um, time in my life just because um, I don't know. It's, it's cool to, to be able to spend time being encouraged and getting to practice what you love. And I was really lucky to have that. So yeah, I don't know if that that answers your question. No, no, but. no, no. That's great. Um, yeah. So, other than violin, were you like were you also enamored by music as a whole, or or was your experience with violin kind of like was that was that singular in a way, like where you just did it was the the shape of what was coming out of the violin that was really appealing, or were you just like into all kinds of music? Um, it was definitely just violin from the get-go because that's all I had around me. Um, but as I got older and, um, was exposed to more kind of instruments and music and all that, um, I got really interested in, uh, composition specifically, like surrounding orchestral music and like movie soundtracks. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it was at that summer school that I was like given the opportunity to like write 
pieces for like chamber orchestras or like smaller orchestras up to like symphonic kind of pieces. And that was really cool. And that's probably where my interest in songwriting started. Um, because from there it was like, Oh, this is really intense. I love doing this. I, I wanted to make like video game soundtracks and movie soundtracks. And, uh, I don't know. I don't know how I got from there to like writing songs on guitar. I think I was just lonely and didn't have enough around me. So, <laughs> um, yeah, it was it was a weird progression. But I've always been fascinated with with all of the all of the kinds of music. Yeah, it's it kind of sounds like there wasn't a lot of music playing like at at your house on a regular basis. Is that is that true, or you just weren't like it, it wasn't clicking with you? Like when you're, you know, growing up and stuff. No, I mean there there was a there was a probably more than normal amount of music oh, in okay. my house, um, but it just was it was more of it was like a religious kind of thing, and oh, okay, um, I I was more interested in in music for the sake of music, not music for the sake of of God, um, and I think that was the that was the main disconnect there, and. Uh, yeah. So yeah. I just, I liked being away from that and making music because I wanted to make music. Yeah. Yeah. So once you, once you started, you know, becoming interested in, in like writing songs on guitar and, and stuff like that, what kind of music were you listening to like as a hobby? Um, I was, I was really sheltered, so I didn't really, I, it's hard to remember the kinds of music I was listening to then. The main one that I can think of whenever people ask me is literally just Enya. Enya and um, Yonzi, oh, I think, okay. are the two the two that like somehow made it into my life. And I'm trying to think back to like when Yonzi like started putting music out. So like my ages and timelines might be inaccurate, but um, yeah, those are two like weird artists that I was inspired by um a lot of nick drake things were like definitely more folksy towards the beginning of songwriting for me um i wanted to be like a like nora jones type singer songwriter and <laughs> that's not what happened at all <laughs> mm -hmm. um so you said you you initially started writing songs on guitar um when did you start um when did you start playing other instruments and was guitar the first instrument other than violin that you picked up? Um, it's, it's hard to say just because, uh, we did have a lot of musical instruments around our house because we held a church at our house and we had like worship music there and stuff. Um, which I'm clearly no longer affiliated with, but because of that, um, we had a lot of, just musical stuff lying around the house. And so I kind of played whatever I needed to, to make whatever song I was trying to make at the time. Mm -hmm. Um, and I would record over myself, like on a cassette on two different cassette recorders. Ah, yeah. Was it? Yeah. Really, really weirdly complicated system, but I would play like piano and then I would play the guitar part and then I would pick up a cello. And so I, I don't think that I really play any of those instruments. I just like learned just enough to like, do whatever I, I needed to do. And I was definitely held back by my lack of ability to play those things, but I was just too stubborn to actually learn. Um, and so I would just kind of play the parts that I needed at that point in time. If that, if that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, no, it really does. Um, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm really the same way, but it's, uh, I am very stubborn. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> I'm not trying to say that, but, um, it's to me, it's always like, yeah, it's, um, there just wasn't, there weren't people around that did or wanted to do the things that I wanted to happen, you know, musically. So you just, you make do, you know, um, mm -hmm. so you, what was, what you were doing, were you like, you were recording something on one cassette and then like, once you recorded that, you would put it in another deck and hit play and then hit record on the first deck again so that you were, was that it? Or was yes. It? Okay. Yeah. 100%. I, yeah. I did that also like, 
Oh, uh, shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And nice. We, my cousin and I used to, like, um, also, like, as, like, really young kids, we used to use this method to make, um, like, Weird Al-esque parody songs of, like, Bon Jovi or whoever. Oh, my well. God, I love it. Yeah, it was really silly. But but we had it some great, great times doing it. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> that was the, um, yeah, that was, like... You don't have a four track. That was your four track, two tape decks. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that's awesome. Like I think this is the first person I've ever talked to that that's done done that that way. Um, yeah. Same. Yeah. Uh, so, like, you were um, what what about what age are you talking about when you're saying that you were like writing songs in this way? I think I was like probably. Uh, this was like between the ages of twelve and fourteen. Okay. Yeah, somewhere around there. So, did you already like at that age? You were like, "I'm gonna be the next Nora Jones," or "I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna be this, like, you know, this this singer songwriter." Like, um, you had this, fa- you know, fantasy of like, you know, doing whatever it is that <laughs> that uh, you know, um playing shows and and uh and releasing albums and stuff well it's 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 like so hard i i've just been so all over the place my whole life it's hard to tap into what i was thinking then but from Mm -hmm. what i gather um i my goal like even through the like singer songwriter stuff like i my goal was to like go to Juilliard for violin and be in professional symphonies like for a living. Um, and so I, I don't, I don't really know what I was thinking in terms of where the composing shit and the like songwriting shit would fit into that. But Mm it, it, I, I guess in my head I was like, why can't I do all of it? Um, and it was exhausting (laughs) and I guess that kind of carried through. I definitely still do that. Like, why can't I do all of it? Um, but, uh, yeah, so I, I don't really know what I, I definitely wanted to like record albums and 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 perform with guitar, and I did. I played at like coffee shops occasionally and you know, tiny little gigs like that. but um, yeah, I, it's hard to say what my goal was because I had so many goals. Um, i don't I don't know, yeah, um so you you. S- you said that, you know, your, your big, like your life's goal was to play, to go to Juilliard and play in the Philharmonic. Um, when did that change? Um, that changed pretty much overnight. Um, and not, not for any, it, it wasn't really my decision. Um, something happened in my life when I was 18 and I had to kind of just suddenly survive and all of the money I had saved for auditions and college, I just had to put into finding a place to live and eating. And, uh, I just kind of realized like overnight, like I can't afford my violin instruction anymore. I can't, afford like I can't even afford housing at this point and uh I I think that I had already kind of been dealing with so many setbacks that it it was also like beyond the money it was like an emotional thing like I emotionally don't have the ability to keep pushing for this thing that like is so far beyond my reach and that sounds depressing but I'm honestly like it was hard in the moment but I'm glad it worked out like that um, I still play violin, but I think I'm much happier, happier making the weird music that I make now than I would have been um, in a Philharmonic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I'm glad that you came out of that situation, like feeling the way that you do, rather than you know the the adverse.
the situations that forced your hand, was it was that the turning point then where you're just like, okay, I'm now gonna focus my energies on like writing songs and or was it you know, you needed some some space between like giving up the one thing and then work moving on to other things? Yeah, it um hmm. It took me a few a few months to like find find my feet a little bit just as as an adult because I was so immediately thrust into that. Um, but I I actually I joined a punk band. Oh, okay. Kind of on kind of on accident. Like I met up with this person on OKCupid, and they were like, "Do you want to be in my band?" And I was like, "Uh, fuck yeah!" And I just kind of faked that I knew anything about band life or even like just just like the world outside of my christian conservative bubble um the first time somebody asked me anything about like diy they were like do you want to go to this diy music meeting and i was like or no no they said diy meeting and i was like uh sure and then we got there and i was like this isn't crafts where are we like what is this (laughs) like i didn't know that diy music was a culture at all um but yeah, I joined I joined a punk band, um, and I played violin in that band, and then I started singing, and that was fun. And then I branched out from that band because I decided I didn't really like punk music, and it wasn't really my my thing to make. So I eventually branched out and started my own kind of shoegaze dream pop band, um, and I sang and played guitar and bass in that. Uh, so I think that like dropping violin and starting a band where it wasn't my primary thing was a huge, huge turning point. Yeah. And where were you living at that time when you were like starting your first bands and stuff? That was Austin. So, okay. so the, so the life changing thing happened and I ended up in Austin. Okay. And, um, so you, you mentioned before that you had played, like shows um in in like i i suppose like i guess by yourself um like mm-hmm. maybe like coffee shops or something to that effect um what what was your first show experience like um <laughs> well i played before shows i played a lot of like concerts i guess I, I mean i guess you could still call them shows just like recitally things with right. violin like li- nothing fancy like things in like community centers and i remember the first time i played a violin solo at a recitally concert situation um and it was it was like terrifying but i think i just really i don't know i, I just kept seeking validation from strangers um (laughs) and like hoping people would say nice things to me and i don't i don't remember the first time i played guitar and sang in front of a in front of a group um but it, it happened somewhere along along those same lines like nothing nothing fancy wouldn't even be called a show uh i i waitressed later on in my teen years and I would occasionally they did like karaoke nights on Tuesdays and there would be a guitar there and um the uh owner of the cafe knew that I sang and so it was kind of a a, like move that he pulled he would be like one of our waitresses is actually a singer songwriter and I would go up on stage and play a song and my tips were great that night and (laughs) it wasn't I I wasn't good at it I still I don't play guitar I just (laughs) (laughs) I just wanted validation and it it worked a little bit (laughs) well and you got paid so um that's and I did I got paid (laughs) that's better than than a lot of uh you know like um the memes you know they exist for for a reason you know where it's like yeah totally like like the uh 17 bucks you know like in the um, yeah in the in the grail or something yeah yeah um so you were you know you were writing songs like on guitar and you were like playing in in um in like loud bands and stuff for a while uh what what kind of 
um, things were happening to where you like turned your focus to like electronic music or like, you know, more primarily electronic based music? Uh, so that, that was also kind of a, an, an unintentional decision. Um, well, I, I guess it kind of started, uh, I, I was, I don't know if the right term is scouted, but this producer showed up at, uh, one of the shows I played with my punk band and was like, Hey, uh, later emailed me and was like, Hey, I saw you perform at Red Hawk or whatever, not Red Hawk, it was something red. Um, do you want to sing for these tracks I'm producing? Like I work with a distributor and we are looking for vocalists for these like pop songs that we sell to like TV shows and commercials and all that. And I was like, fuck yeah, making money with music. Hell yeah, I'm in. So I started showing up and doing these vocal studio sessions. And it was the first time I had like seen somebody make something like electronic on like a computer and using like synths and shit like that. And I just thought it was really fucking cool. Um, so I already kind of had it a little bit in my brain, like, wow, it would be really cool to learn how to do this one day. And then <laughs> something else. And I had another like weird, horrible life changing experience. And I kind of did what my parents did when I was little. And I just got in my car and started driving and, um, I, I like texted my band and was like, Hey, I'm sorry. I'm just, I'm going to go away for a couple of weeks. I'll be back. Uh, but I didn't come back and I didn't have people to play music with anymore. And I also was kind of tired of people and I didn't want to make music with people, but I had a laptop. So I downloaded Ableton and the rest is history. <laughs> yeah. yeah. When you were talking about you, you would show up to the studio and just, and rip out these vocal tracks like so this is like a scenario where um all the lyrics are already like presented to you and and maybe even the melodies or how much did you have to like you know other than obviously like the actual talent and stuff like what did you have to like if anything like bring with you um to these sessions like did you have to write lyrics or did you have to work the melodies out or uh it, it depended um most okay. of the songs were already written um there were a few covers so i didn't really have to do anything for those other than sing there were only like two or three tracks that i was part of like writing and they were they were horrible but it was like that that was the whole thing like if you ever watched like an obscure reality show and been like who makes these songs that are playing <laughs> in the back right now like that was me i made this <laughs> um just horrible music but i got paid so <laughs> yeah yeah were they like was it a, like a situation where somebody was like look we want something that sounds exactly like this song and, and yeah. it just, it's just close enough. So where, you know, there's no, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense then. Cause I mean, like you said, like when you, when you hear these songs and you're like, this is bad. It like, I mean, it's maybe it's not necessarily bad, but it's, it's like that, that whole, like we had an AI, like write the next Beatles album or something. It's just like, there's something off about it, you know, or something. Yeah. 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 Um, so you, you said you, you, um, you got in your car and you, you left and you never said where you turned up. Was that when you moved to Pittsburgh? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So you're in Pittsburgh and you get Ableton on the laptop and what did you do to start learning how to use it? And like, you know, what was that journey like from like just downloading the program to actually being able to like write songs you thought were good and stuff? Um, well, coming full circle back, uh, the person who produced the songs that I did vocals for, we actually stayed in touch and I messaged them and I was like, Hey, I'm finally doing this. Can we like do a Skype session? Like, would you be interested in just like showing me like the ropes of this? 
And so we did like two. Um, and that was like a super great point to like jump off of. And then from there, it was just, just a shit ton of YouTube tutorials from those horrible bros on the internet. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but Hey, it, it was, it was, it was productive. Um, and that, that was really it. It was just a lot of trial and error and making really bad songs because sometimes that's what you got to do. Yeah, sure. So by this time, you obviously uh, had a lot more like of your own, you know, space and your own um, like tastes and stuff. Um, what kind of music were you listening to at this point when you were just getting started where you were like be what were you being influenced by and what were you you know really getting into um i was i've i've always been like really bad at branching out and listening to new music at that point i really was trying really hard to expand my um my knowledge of music so a lot of did you ever just have like flings with genres and then like forget like so many of the artists? <laughs> Honestly, yeah. That's yeah, that's kind of what happened. But the ones that stuck, um, I I've been a huge fan of Purity Ring for a really long time, um, and that that one stuck for sure. Uh, I'm trying to think. I'm I'm literally just gonna like pull up my Spotify and go through my old <laughs> albums because I every time I get asked this in an interview, I always regret like what I what I say. I'm like, oh that's embarrassing. And it's still embarrassing, but at least it will be honestly embarrassing. Accurate. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um yeah. So a, a lot of my um like background going into making electronic music was honestly like more like folksy like dark music like like daughter i loved daughter and wanted to bring like daughtery influences into electronic music um bonnie Vare, i've been obsessed with bonnie Vare ever since i learned who who that was um a lot of charlie xcx uh i I used to be so ashamed of this, but I've decided that's stupid. I fucking love the 1975 and I love everything they've done and I will love them forever. (laughs) That's a big one that stuck. Um, Yeah. Bat for Lashes is a, is a good electronic poppy one. Lights, FK twigs. Um, Yeah. Those are just some of the things I was listening to at the time. Do you think that, like, your knowledge of, like, violin and, and like, classical composition has been, like, a, a jump start to your understanding of songwriting? Or um, do you look at the two things as, like, completely separate? No, totally. Um, they're definitely super, super related for me. Um, one of the the things that I loved about violin was just um, how how um, how much variety there that I found in classical music. A lot of um, uh, oh, what's the word? Like the Romantic era of of classical music specifically. Um, I think that classical music is, it it was just pop music and it's not like better than any other kind of music. And so I definitely like used to kind of play into that, like, oh, it's, this is like special music and it's better than all the other music. But now I'm like, no, fuck that. It was just written by a lot of like rich white guys forever ago. Like we can, we can evolve and we can keep making stuff. Um, But that being said, like there is so much, cool shit out there from the past 200 years that that people don't think of when they think of classical music and I wanted to take a lot of those pieces and apply them to like more poppy electronic songs and I've lost sight of that a little bit but um but yeah I definitely was like making more of an attempt to like directly like take motifs from like Bartok and Ravel and Forjak 
uh, and that, that was really cool. It was a cool jumping off point. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, yeah, you, you know, you were saying like, um, there's so much and, you know, one thing that I was thinking is, is like, yeah, because generally speaking, I think people think of classical music and they think of one, like, almost like sound or one emotion or one, like, type of feeling or whatever that, mm -hmm. you know, and it's like, it's not, it's not that at all because, I mean, you know, there's like, obviously classical music that sounds very happy. There's classical music that sounds very sad. There's some that's, I mean, it's like, you know, <clears throat> I think it's probably, you know, without like a, an ex too extensive of knowledge myself, it's probably as diverse as any other, you know, uh, <clears throat> genre or whatever. It's just like, you only just typically hear the same, like five or six, you know, pieces as a, as someone who doesn't like look into it further, you know? Yeah. 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 So I don't know. That's really, that's really interesting. I'm not, I think the next time I listen to your albums, I'm, I'm probably going to be like, Oh, I, now I, I can see it now. <laughs> but, um, yeah. Um, so you're now I, I'm just going off of, um, band camp and so sometimes people will have done things that they just like scrub from band camp or you know for whatever reasons um but um your first album space cadet was released uh only just like may of last year um okay. how long do you think that you were working on that and putting together those songs before you like did you have other projects before this current project that you released songs under like electronic songs or was this was this was the start and that was the start that that was totally the beginning of like putting out pop music into the world um like uh i had been making electronic music for like I had literally just begun like a year prior to that, I think, or like a year and a half. Um, but yeah, so it's like still like relatively new to me before that. Um, I, I was in my shoegaze dream pop band and, uh, we had some electronic influences, but it was all my bandmate, um, Marcos, who now makes music as sub commander, a quick plug for my friend. Okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it's, it's like pretty new. Um, I had an entire album actually like made and ready to go, uh, before space cadet. And then my laptop crashed classic. Damn. Um, yeah. And that's why space cadet was the first one out that album. Sorry to answer your initial question. That album only took me like five months to make. Okay. Did you, were you playing off of like the memory of the lost album when you were putting that together? Were you trying to like re, uh, reformulate the, those ideas the best you could, or were you just like, look, that was that. And uh, did you start from scratch? A little bit of both. A little bit of both. There were definitely a few songs on there that like were like heavily influenced by what I could remember from, the fallen tracks of before but uh for the most part it was kind of just like manic tracks that i would make in a day and then get attached to it was a really manic time <laughs>
you said it took about five months. So like, were you, um, were you set out to make a full album or were you just like, you, like you described the process as manic, were you just like, I just want to make this song like right now. And then you just held on to it until you realized I had an album. Yeah, it was definitely, definitely more the latter. Um, I, I honestly, like, I think the first track I made on that was hunger pain or hunger pains. I don't remember if it's hunger pain or hunger pain. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I made that song and I was like, Oh, I'm going to get this mixed and put it out just as a single. And then it just kept going. Like I just kept making songs. Um, and I kind of regret that I didn't, like, I don't think that those are the best songs that, that I've made or even good songs at all, but I just hadn't made things that felt complete at that point. So whenever I made something that felt complete, like every song, I was like, oh, this has to go on the album. And I wouldn't do that now, but, uh, but it worked out. It worked out relatively okay for that album. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, I mean, uh, I understand like how, you know, especially after only like doing this for however long that like as you progress and get better at it, that you're going to like look at what you did before with in a certain light. But I um, will say that when I <clears throat> when I screen print a lot, I listen to tapes and I was listening to space, the cassette on Space Cadet and I have a six year old son and uh he loves the album, so you're already oh. yeah, you're clock, you're clocking the younger generations like down. Oh my god! Down to a that makes so, me so happy. Yeah, yeah. Like it's uh, I mean, and it's really weird because he does not he does not usually remark positively about music for whatever reason. Oh, but, yeah, he likes it. Um, That's a huge honor. Yeah. Um, so you said like you um you would just keep putting the, the, um, songs together and then eventually you had the album, but then you really, you actually did release a single on October 31st, Halloween last year. Was yeah. that, you were just like, I want to put out a single on Halloween. Was that the main thing or was there more to it than, than that? Yeah. Um, actually that, that's actually one of my oldest songs. I actually like produced and recorded that song while I was living in my car. Um, and, uh, I just held on to it cause I didn't really have any, any place to put it and I didn't have the project file. So I couldn't like update it or remix it or anything like that. Um, right. so I, I just like kind of assumed I wouldn't do anything with it. And then, I listened back to it and was like, oh, I kind of like this. Also, Halloween, spooky. Also, origin story. Like, I I, I love thinking of, like, time as, like, linear and, like, trying to take care of myself three years ago in the present day, if that makes sense. And uh, that song was just, like, really nostalgic to me. And it felt like, like a good way to pay respects to the weird version of myself that died while living in my car. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, that's really creepy, but, uh, no, I, 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 <laughs> I also, uh, lived in my car for, um, not too long, but longer than, you know, for a few months. Uh, so, yeah. Wow. So, um, it's tough. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I actually, uh, only just heard that song earlier today because, like I, I, I can't remember exactly when I bought Space Cadet, but it was like, I feel like it was like either, yeah, it was like early this year, I think. Um, I think it was in like, in like March and I was like, well, I hope, I hope that they don't like go to the post office to mail this like until they have plenty of other stuff to do, you know, because of everything that's going on and stuff. And, uh, but also I was like, but this is like, you know, artists, like they, you know, could potentially really like use the funds right now and stuff. So, cause I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm in the same boat. I'm like, I try to let people know. I'm like, look, I only go out like once a month to mail records, but I, I do yeah. have to have stuff coming in so I can 
keep making records, you know. But um, mm-hmm. so like, uh, <clears throat> yeah, I I just I just assume, you know, like that, like, oh, I heard this album and I got, you know, I got this album and I don't like check back in with an artist or whatever for however long because you just think. Well, it usually takes like a, a year or two years for an artist to drop another album. And then like, um, you know, you released uh, Copy Mechanisms in, in September. So it was like yeah. barely, you know, a year uh, and a year and a couple of months like since um, Space Cadet. Like, how did you approach this second album? It, did you approach it the same way? as the original or were or were you because this one's on vinyl and everything would lead one to believe that your intent was different like you're like i'm definitely making an album's worth of songs mm-hmm. yeah um well i i was like really not sure of how to go about making a second album so i'm glad it happened like this but a really cool record label reached out to me play alone records mm-hmm. um and they were like, hey, we're a post-punk label, but uh, do you want to make an album with us? And I was like, fuck yeah. And uh, that was a that was a good, like, distinct goal for me, because otherwise I, don't, I think I would have just kept making, like, random EPs and singles and all that, which would have been fine. But uh, it was it was nice to have a, like, specific goal. So... Um, yeah, they put out the album and that's why I was like, okay, this is going to be a complete thing. It's going to like have an aesthetic. It's going to have a, I don't know, a a vibe to it. And yeah, that one was definitely a lot less manic and more thought through. Um, but at the end of the day, I'm like, wait, but was it though? Like, I still feel like it only took me like a couple of months to make it, um, did yeah, you, but there's definitely more thought put into it. Yeah. Did you put yourself on a timetable or did the did the label want you to work on a timetable for the album? Uh they like had a vague timetable timetable in mind. Um, but they weren't like they weren't aggressive about it. They right. <laughs> they they like understood though that like I needed myself to be aggressive about it. So they were like encouraging, but very gently encouraging. Yeah, yeah. So you definitely feel like that was, um, that that was a boon to to the album was to be like beholden to you know making it become what it was. Yeah, I mean, I definitely had had a more specific goal in mind for it. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, yeah, it's it's a it's really wild. Like. Um, I had I checked out that label, and it seemed like there's some really cool stuff. I did notice that um, I'm pretty sure that one of the albums I can't remember uh, what the band name was, but I'm pretty sure that my friend Sammy did the uh, artwork for it because it's very much like Sammy's um, style. Oh, cool! Um, but um, yeah, um, a lot of the bands I I did recognize the name, but I. I wasn't sure if I'd heard them, but, um, it's, it's wild because like Pittsburgh hat really has like an amazing music scene right now. And I don't think like a lot of people, I mean, people talk about the bands from Pittsburgh and stuff, but it's just wild. Like how eclectic, you know, the, um, the, the bands are like, I heard, I actually heard of, um, of you from, um, my friend, uh, my friend Chloe from the band, like Scratchy Blanket, was posting. Oh yeah, I love her. Yeah, yeah, she was posting your, uh, your stuff, and, and I was like, well, you know, Chloe has great taste, so I listened to it, and I was like, shit, yeah, this is. Um, <laughs> I mean, because I don't like, I know Chloe from playing, um, screamo shows with her old band, which I just did a recording with where I played drums, but. I know her from, you know, that type of stuff. So it was like great to uh-huh. hear, you know, hear this uh, come out of left field, you know, as far as, you know, her tastes that I'm to understand. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, then there's like, I just uh, had um, the people from that band 
um, the goalie's anxiety at the penalty kick. And um, then there's obviously bands like Shin Guard and Short Fictions. And um, I'm not sure if you know who Short Fictions is, but... Um, yeah, yeah, they're, they're good. Yeah, the, um, they're... Uh, the the person who plays basics, my friend Alex, they, when I posted that I was listening to your cassette once, they were like, holy shit, like, that's so good. And, and, uh, <laughs> and, um, Aww. yeah, it's, it's really cool, like, to see this, like, di- very diverse scene. And it seems like that y'all are aware of each other, um, in one way, shape, or form. Um, one thing I wanted to um, ask about, um, because I, I, I saw, I watched the video for masochism earlier, and um, mm-hmm. and I I went back through and I was like, you know, um, yeah, I I think that they record like all of the stuff and and everything, and I've seen that you've done all the production stuff except for like um mixing and mastering um Mm -hmm. is now you've said a little while ago you're like i'm just tired of dealing with people was that the main (laughs) reason that you're just that you like you seem to have a really like you said before you're like i don't know what diy is but your ethos seems very diy to me um oh yeah is that like because you even you directed your music video or, you know, you made your music video yourself and everything. And, mm-hmm. you know, I thought it was like really cool. Um, Thank you. Uh, what, like, what makes it to where you're just like focus on doing all these things yourself? Is it necessity or is it, are you just like, this is the way that you can keep things like the way that you want them? Um, it's definitely a combination of things. Uh, first of all, I, um, I, I don't, I, I'm just a musician. I don't have a lot of money. <laughs> yeah. So the people that would be really good at the things that I want to do, I know that I can't afford to work with. Um, and, uh, outside of that, I also just, I really love, like genuinely love making, making stuff. Um, like the video for masochism, uh, I I've spent a lot of quarantine, like learning new things, like how to animate and blender like 3d stuff and after effects and visual effects. And, uh, so it's just something that I genuinely really love doing. And I, I guess part of me is like terrified of being a control freak were I to work with somebody else on this stuff. I don't know that I actually would be, but I might be in my head and I just don't want to put somebody else through that. Uh, and so I'm kind of, I kind of like, am scared of that a little bit. And then also I have severe social anxiety. Um, and it's just easier to do everything myself, even though like without a doubt, there are people out there who could do things so much better than me. Um, like I, I'm just really stubborn in that I, I'm like, no, either I do it or it's not getting done. Even though, like, it, if I would just like let somebody else help me, it would be better. Um, but I, yeah, I just I, I enjoy the process. I like I like making stuff exactly how I want it, even if it's bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I think that's awesome. And I, I mean, I don't, you know, I don't know what people um, expect out. Or, or what they want, you know, obviously out of their own um, creations, you know, like with like your video or whatever. But it, I was like, um, when I was watching it and like, you know, usually when something is created like um, by someone like themselves or whatever, um, there's there's a style of, there's a style to it that is like, is loose. As in, mm-hmm. like, you know, so you, so you, you just have more um, freedom, like, from what someone might consider like a mistake or whatever in editing or whatever. But I was watching, yeah. and I was like, no, like the dance, like the dancing is like 
perfectly in beat and stuff. I mean, it's not, you know, <laughs> obviously, you know, it's not super complicated, but it was like when the heels come together, it's like it's on beat. And I was like, this is this is really like that in itself seemed like a feat to me because, um, you know, I know nothing about this, but like that's where you see the most like like what you would maybe consider mistakes or whatever, like in a video, yeah. where the band did the thing themselves and you're like, the drums aren't hitting in the right spots and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So it's like, you just yeah. do that. Um, but like how, you know, how much, how much time and attention did you give to like all the little details like that? Um, was it really important for you to like, you know, make that as, like succinct a thing as as possible uh honestly i didn't i didn't expect it to get any attention um <laughs> let alone you know the very comparatively small but big to me um yeah, or notable to me amount of attention it got i think it's a I think um, twenty thousand, you know views or whatever is a lot yeah it, i mean it is to me too if i'm being real um <laughs> and yeah. it means a lot um, but yeah, it was, I just, I set up a green screen in my living room and I just danced around to the audio and the editing took me, uh, about almost a week. Um, so not too long. It, I didn't really know the ropes of after effects, which is what I made it in at the time. Um, so since then I've made similar videos that took me like only a day and it would have been useful to have that knowledge then but <laughs> it, it, it you know I learned a lot in the process yeah I, I definitely had a very specific vision for what I wanted but I didn't really care how it came about if that if that makes sense yeah yeah for sure well that's awesome um yeah that's that's about all I I wanted to ask um is there anything else that you wanted to chat about before we uh take off here no, I don't, I don't think so. Thank you so much for okay. for talking. This was cool. And that was my conversation with Kai Vos. Thanks so much, Kai, for taking the time to chat with me. Thanks also to everyone who supported us on Patreon and otherwise. I'm hoping to upgrade some equipment coming soon, but things have been rough. <laughs> Until next time, take care and do good things. <laughs>